To all of our listeners, we want to preface that the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of us and our guests as individuals. The claims and statements do not reflect the opinions or views of the Florida State University Department of Art History or FSU as a whole. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Say something again, Connor. Testing, testing, okay. testing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Did, Did You Enjoy, Enjoy Your, Your Visit, Visit podcast. podcast. I'm Francesca. And I'm Olivia. And today we're here with our friend Connor. Connor, will you introduce yourself? Woo-hoo! Hi, I'm Connor. <laughs> um, So, Connor, please tell us... Um, how you came into this, because um, Connor is also one of our uh, colleagues, so he's in the same program as us. Um, so tell our listeners, like, how did you end up at uh, FSU and Museum of Cultural Heritage Studies, and what started your love of museums? Yeah, basically, I mean, I went to FIU for undergrad, studied art history, but I don't know, I wasn't really that excited by going back in time and looking at all the the classics and stuff like that. I wanted to do something maybe more practical, more forward thinking. I really uh, mm-hmm. was sort of excited by what this uh, program at FSU looked like. So, and mm-hmm. I've had, I've had a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it so far. So, uh, what is what specific area do you like to study? Um, I like. You know, I don't know. It's the museum and cultural heritage, so so I, I kind of like museum studies and cultural heritage studies. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard right, to choose. Right. It's hard right. To choose. Yeah, do I, I like right. do I like museum studies or do uh-huh. I like cultural heritage? Stu- I don't know. There's uh-huh. there's so much to say. Well, I'm coming from this standpoint because like we've had the museum basics class together, and yeah. you really like to talk about like digital archives and stuff like that. So. I'm saying, is that part of the museum that you really like to focus on, like archives and collections? Or like contemporary, or maybe like more contemporary stuff? <clears throat> what do you think, like, is your passion in the field? I don't know. I mean, I really liked some of the more community-centric stuff that I've been doing in my internship this semester, and um, I like being able to something that's been fun about that is actually being able to like hold objects in a collection and yeah. cataloging the whole thing, seeing everything that's in there that, you know, how different objects tell a certain story. I yeah. So yeah. why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your internship and what are you, what you're doing this semester? Yeah. So I've been at the Carabell History Museum in a Carabell, Florida. It's about an hour West along the coast, mm-hmm. uh, from Tallahassee. Um, Basically, it started about 16 years ago. Um, it's a really, you know, community-focused um, history museum. They, it's the collection mostly relies on people from the community bringing in objects, either of more personal significance or um, more of a general historical significance to the to the area. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of things that people found in their garage or in their grandparents living room or mm-hmm. stuff that 
you know, wow. that came out of the ground. That's kind like, of that sounds like, like really a historical it's, sounds like a historical garage sale. Yeah, it's like not for sale. A little bit. It's like <laughs> it's sort of. Uh, is like the you know the cabinet of curiosities. Really, to, a, little bit, yeah, Wait, a little bit. Wait, you mean bit. that show on Netflix? No, no, no. I mean like okay, the. No. That show is like scary. what? What museums are you know kind of like came from like, you know crazy things that people have and they want yeah. to show off. It's just to like other a people. collection of weird stuff, but it's also, um, stuff that people thought was of particular significance uh, that they wanted to see preserved and that they thought that that had a um some sort of relevance to the community yeah um yeah so what is the most interesting thing that you found or that like you've come across yeah yeah yeah. like yeah in the in the process it's really tough um well recently as this week i've been doing like the turpentining uh materials you Turpentine, like from no, the, what is that? so it was a sort of a all-purpose type of material that was sort of distilled from pine sap. Um, huh. There used to be really big pine forests, old-growth pine forests, all over the, the Panhandle. Um, mm. They sort of they cut them all down, but um, so turpentine is used in paint thinner, used in like different ointments and soap and oh. all sorts of stuff, but. Um, there were one of the last turpentine farms in the area um, was in Carabelle, and they have a lot of uh, this one woman whose grandfather uh, owned the turpentine farm had this huge collection of uh, all the different tools that you use to hack into the trees and collect the sap and oh, that's cool. all sorts of oh, that's been syrup. pretty interesting. A little bit. It's the yeah. same. Sir, it's yeah. the same process. You, yeah. Yeah. There's tools that hack into the trees that mm-hmm. you make these. You can still see tree trunks out in some parts of the forest here that have the, like these V-shaped cuts all the way up and down that they call it uh, cat faces. Oh. Those V shapes. You can still see oh. some trees out in the woods that have the marks from the turpentine. Yeah. That's so. But cool. now I'll look out for that. It's them. like really uh, difficult places to work mm-hmm. at the turpentine farm. Yeah. And. Uh, it was interesting going from that to like the, the next was like the lumber stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like the turpentine equipment is all very like hands-on, personal. Like the motions of the worker and the single tool in their hand it really translates to what you can see on the tree. And the I don't know, there were toolboxes that had the carried out into the field every day with like the handles worn from the being in their hand. Or, mm-hmm. Um, going to the lumber stuff, which is these sort of bigger pieces of equipment. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Wow. interesting. That's really cool. It's interesting how this stuff in the museum kind of fits together. Yeah. So with, you know, because cause the museum kind of had, like, is a collection of everybody um, right. in that city. So, like, how does the museum dictate what is of historical... Significance. Thank you. Yeah. Significance and what is not, like, it's like, hey, this is just a beer bottle. Like, we don't need yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really difficult because they are a small museum. At the start, they sort of, it's in like the old uh, city hall building. Okay. So they have kind of a lot of space for such a 
a museum with such a small collection. Uh, well, not the collection's pretty big now, relatively, but um, with like such a, a small like focus. Like just starting, just starting yeah. out. So uh-huh. at first the they 16 had sixteen years is fairly new. Yeah, yeah. At, at first they had to fill the space. Yeah, you know, so they were kind of taking everything, and then they've, as more people have come to know about the museum, they, they the space is filled up more. Mm-hmm. It's that's become a real challenge. Is like you want it to. One of the main goals is to be um, representative of the community, but also um, trying to be in a in a way like more of a quote unquote serious his, historical institution or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they like they, they want still to. Try, they try to be up there with Smithsonian and them. <laughs> well, not like that, but yeah. there's actually this. This family came in like some northerners they weren't very impressed by the museum and they oh my and my boss is like what they did they, they, they think this is going to be the metropolitan museum right of like you yeah. know what you like come on yeah. now you kind of know from looking at the outside of the building you're like okay yeah. how could you tell this that they didn't that they were they were like i don't know they, they just had weird looks on their faces oh they were a man <laughs> they look bored but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they I walked think, out in like 30 seconds. I think people need to also dictate the difference between like an art museum and like a history yeah, museum. Yeah, there's those, a difference between heritage yeah, and art. Yeah, because yeah, Met has mostly like contemporary or like national gallery stuff like that. You're going to get mostly art. Some art objects, but like... The Met has a lot of cultural heritage, but MoMA... MoMA, yeah, yeah, MoMA yeah. has, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I More was thinking MoMA. Yeah. I was thinking MoMA. Thank you, MoMA. Um, but like you know where where Connor's at, they're just trying to tell the history of that specific town. Small town. And so two thousand, roughly two thousand people living there. That's small. You know, oh wow. It's very small. Yeah. So it's very. It's gonna be a very niche. Um, yeah. Collection of items, and it's gonna, it's gonna be. It's going to look like everyday objects, but yeah. it's going to tell the story of the people that live there. And you for know? a lot of the things there, they're not, almost all of them basically are um, things where there's the value either isn't clear upon like first glance without hearing like all the social things that it's enmeshed in. and Or also there's, in the same vein, sort of, there's a a lot of the objects don't really have any inherent value or something like that. You know, uh-huh. it's it's really the fact that they are um, that they exist within certain like relationships between people and the stories that people have to tell about. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know these things. That's that's like what's the most fun is like somebody will bring in something new and. Um, it's a lot of old people, so they're they'll kind of just uh, start at Aww. something about whatever Aww. whatever this uh, whatever thing they brought in is, and they'll sort of go off on tangents, and you That'd get all be these a sort great of education program like oral yeah. history, like well, that they have. Yeah. My project. Oh, that's what you do! Oh, oh look at that! <laughs> so you guys are onto something. <laughs> No, you're, you're on, on to something. To, you're on to something. You're yeah. on to something. So you're doing it about the care. Like, are you doing a proposal for the Caravel? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what I don't know. What I wanted to do a paper on it originally, and Doctor Dobbs like this would probably work better as oral histories because I yeah. Um, 
had talked to the woman who comes in early in the mornings and cleans the museum. She's had this, uh, there's this brochure above the sink in the bathroom in the back, like mass produced tourism brochure from the, like the six mid sixties or something. It's just like people playing on the beach. Uh-huh. And she was like, she's telling me like, uh, this has always kind of bugged me. Um, the name, one of the, names of the, the one of the guys in the background is labeled and she's like this is my husband but the name is spelled a little bit wrong <gasps> oh, she, my, God. oh my goodness and so she because it's such a small town you know yeah. it's like this is the stuff that that happens yeah mm-hmm. but she it she that led her down it was like one of those things where people are so quick to like tell you such a such personal information that you kind of feel like you're doing something wrong you're like yeah, not supposed to be yeah, yeah, yeah. but she was just going on she told me about like a like three generations of men in her family her husband his father and then her two sons and a lot, you know a lot of different stuff about their lives wow. that's a beautiful thing though that's yeah really like cool. how objects can really just lead people to tell their own personal stories yeah, yeah. and oral history there i think people need to bring more emphasis especially like those like bigger museums like Oral history has its own richness to it. Absolutely. As opposed to, like, just, um, you know, just some regular object that's collecting dust that can't really, like, talk to you because oral history, like, you're able to ask questions. It's like, well, what was it like doing this? Or, like, how did you feel about that? And You learn more about the thing when you hear from people. You're able to get, like, a sense of the weight of like the human dimension of history that you're that statistics and stuff like that that can't necessarily convey you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. well um with the collections um do you feel that there is um a variety a variety of voices being heard yeah yeah i would say so definitely i mean it's it's not um making some Grand, like uh, social justice sort of mm-hmm. cl- statements or something like that, but it mm-hmm. you know it it has its particular purpose, which is to uh, mm-hmm. faithfully represent this community, and it, it it does not really leave anybody out who's in, involved in the community. It serves demographic. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm okay. And it serves all all facets of the community. Is one of the the biggest um, parts of the museum is. Uh, Buck O'Neill, who's like a baseball Hall of Famer, is a Negro Leagues. He was like a big star in the Negro Leagues. And oh! He, that's one of the biggest draws at the museum, actually, because he grew up in Carabell. That's, that's one of the biggest wow, draws. Wow, really? Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Uh, all sorts well, of stuff. I wanted to ask you as well, um, another uh, personal narrative that you can talk about is that you are from Sarasota, correct? Yeah. So, uh, Sarasota houses the museum um the ringling so can you talk about that and the relevance of that museum and if it or if it not serves its community and like what does the community of sarasota look like yeah um so it's interesting because in some ways it it does look a lot like the community of sarasota it's like a Vanity project for a really rich old white guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's a really yeah. good description. That's a great way to describe, especially with that statue in the middle. Especially of the with the circus. Yes, yeah. the circus yeah. and the cottage on the house. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! It's yeah. funny. People still do like circus stuff in Sarasota. Kind of like a 
traditional thing. Like my high school had like a was affiliated with this youth circus thing. So really? Some of the really? kids from my high school would go after after school and be doing like trapeze backflips. Oh that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, yeah. It's pretty cool. So would you say that the circus itself is a part a big part of Sarasota like a, like the a part identity of the community? Of the community? I, I mean a little bit, yeah. It's definitely still something that I mean you drive down Ringling Boulevard right. to go downtown or you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that people are aware of as part of the history right. for mm-hmm. sure so do you feel like the community of sarasota itself does it match what like is the museum yeah. like re- would you say it's relevant and it speaks to the community that it's in it's relevant to a certain very visible section of the community because sarasota really isn't just all old <laughs> you know, rich snowbirds from New Jersey coming down to Mm -hmm. sit in their huge houses that they leave empty the other eight months out of the year. You know, Mm -hmm. there, there is a really, you know, big community in Sarasota that sort of do not engage with the Ringling Museum at all. It's, it's really three types of people go there really is, a lot of teenagers will go there. It's a the people. It's a nice place to take pictures and stuff like that. Right. On Mondays, it's yeah. free, and that's something that's really nice. Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah. We saw when we went there. We saw a lot of brides taking pictures. Yeah, there's weddings. And yeah, stuff. people weddings. go there for events. Yeah, and then tourists go there a lot. Uh-huh. Right, that's a big draw for tourists. For so sure. it's not really something that is widely visited by the local community. I mean, it is. It is. I don't... I mean, I don't know the statistics or anything, right, right. really, but... Yeah. I know from personal experience, I would go when I was maybe uh, 16, 17, and haven't gone on my own since then. The only time right. I'd gone since then is when we went to the... Uh, when we went on the field trip last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember something that you said. Isn't it directly next to a historically black neighborhood or close to one? It's pretty close. You Well, you sort of, if you're going from downtown, you have to, like, drive through it to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think, I don't know, when I when we went, it just seemed like it was really, it, it had only one type of, it was one dimension, it's not, that's the wrong word. I guess it's like, for the amount of things that they had in the museum, I was surprised that, and in their collections, I was surprised that it wasn't. That the Ringling and the and the Katazan were like the two things that were the most popular. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was surprising to me. Yeah, you mean the, the most popular out of in the city, or what do you mean exactly? The like most... it's what they highlight the most. Right, right. What the yeah. museum advertises the most, right. but they have Asian art and they have well, and they, they had have a t- glass. Yeah, the yeah. glass mm-hmm. gallery, the glass gallery uh-huh. too, mm-hmm. which like really represent way more voices and art mm-hmm. artist artistic creation than the other than the you know kind of yeah the, the i feel building. like the the glass pavilion is like so interesting in terms of like how museums actually function on like a structural level you know what i mean because it's it's all like mm-hmm. This this one person had a huge collection of glass and was like, "I'm gonna give you a bunch of money to build a glass." Yeah, and when you're I'm a music, gonna, you yeah. can't. That's <laughs> yeah. not really the kind of thing you can turn down, even if it's like a like glass. Like so, what? I don't right, know. right. It's, it's not. I mean, it's cool. It's not my thing personally, but yeah, it doesn't. 
I don't know. It's not the kind of thing you can mm-hmm. turn down when you get an, an offer like that, which I think is kind of interesting. It's not yeah. probably not something they would have pursued otherwise. I and think. it's not, and you can't like obviously the people that you know donate the money dictate you know how that space is used on some Absolutely. level. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. I guess sort of something in a lot of museums that you kind of just have to accept, accept as the reality of it. Yeah. Well, I could give a personal example coming from Atlanta, the High Museum of Art. The High Museum's awesome. <laughs> I love the High Museum. Sorry, you can continue. <laughs> I just need to say. Let the person that's from there talk about. You want to talk about? <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just saying. It's it's a great no, museum. No, it's hey, it was great. It was featured on Black Panther. You know, that's great. Um, you know cool to them but if you want to talk about community relevance Atlanta is the black mecca of the south yeah it's very culturally historically black and yet still you have this African art section on the top floor in a little corner in the back of the room yeah but yet everything else is filled with this European impressionism like they had like a Monet piece in there um and American art you know art deco they had like the furniture and then they had another wing that goes into like the modern contemporary but it's just like how do you have all these European pieces and you look outside and it's nothing but black people outside it yeah. doesn't sound so awesome when you put it like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I was like, yeah. that's why I was like, let the person that's from there tell you how it look, tell you how it really is. And like you growing up, I had, we took a lot of trips to the high museum as, as like school field trips. Um, my parents took me there for like, you know, they had like art summer camps and everything like that. So you know, they have their community outreach in that way, but it doesn't show the voice of that black community that's so rich and is yeah. and it's there. It's not yeah. relevant. You, can't, yeah. you cannot you can't deny it. Like it's in your face. It's on it's on the streets. It's in the murals on the wall. It's in black owned businesses. It's in the um the um, MLK Center is there. It's the music it's not, the whole world's listening to as well. You know? Exactly. Yeah. The MLK it's Center is point. not far from the High Museum either. So, and, you know, they had that mirror statue uh, in the high outside of, you know, MLK doing the fist. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. Is this like you checking off a box? It <laughs> is. It kind of is. It and is. Yeah. If we want to also talk about it, most of, which is unfortunate, lower um, the, I want to say lower, the um, people that serve in, um, like. Oh, have jobs within museum. Like, in the jobs in museum. I'm talking about security stuff. I'm talking about the museum um, people that work in the shops. I'm talking about the greeters that take your tickets. I'm talking about the janitorial staff. Yep. They are black. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, and yet if you look on their website for curation or anti museum education, not a lot. There's yeah, the it's p- not positions in yeah, like it's, yeah, they don't have they don't have um, black 
black people in positions of authority within the museum. Right. And it's like how, and then, and you have this little black girl or boy growing up having somebody that doesn't really look like them or understand their struggle of what they're going through, teaching them about their own history. And it might not be always correct. So then they have this perception and go through life of like, oh, well, this museum showed nothing but whiteness and I don't look like that. So then I must just need to be on this top floor in the section of the back corner. And it's probably even still, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, but like. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It could, a lot. There was when I go through. There's a lot. Have you been? Because you've been. You notice there's a lot of unknowns in the right. of who the artist is. Yeah. There's a lot of unknown artists up there. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, I think probably a lot of the same rings true. The Ringling, like you were talking about, the absolutely historically black neighborhood, Newtown is what it's called in, in Sarasota. That is sort mm-hmm. of on the way there from downtown, and that's like a lot of people in Sarasota are sort of uh, more willing to. Like even forget that it's there. You know, it's not. That's not the. When people think of Sarasota, it's not. Um, that's not part of the perception of right. Sarasota mm-hmm. that most people have, or that is presented. You know. Yeah, and I actually I would say that I thought the exact same thing when I was in the National Gallery as well. Like in terms of. Mm-hmm. You know the stat, like when it, the type of dynamics that you're talking about in terms of like the pieces that they have, and then also the staff demographic. And right. then another, I think another thing too that Grace actually said the other day was like people, like the people, the security, the security staff, yes. and people that are working around the museum that are engaging with the art the most have are so have so much information. Yes. And know so much about the work that they're... But they just don't have the resources to, um, you know, to actually achieve a higher education. Or it's also this thing called life. They got to pay their own bills. Yeah. And this is a job that's available that does not require... Um, and, and Yeah, or some people... I mean, a, a good chunk of them are also artists, too. So it's like... Or students. Yeah. Or students. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking up the curators and Fred and Rita, Richmond curator of African art. Her name is Lauren. She's a black woman. Um, but, but the rest of the everybody else is, is white on the white um, fe- white male female, and the chief curator is white. Hello, Kevin W. Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like you have this historically black neighborhood that has so much history in itself if you want to talk about the history of Atlanta what it, what it has done and what it's still doing in this country as a whole and then you have this one black woman as a curator yeah like what does it add up does not add up so it's when are we talking about community relevance that's what um, museums need to they need again they need to step outside of their four walls and really look at who are they serving and who comes into their doors every day yeah, yeah. you know 
Who are they representing? Who are they speaking exactly. to? Yeah. That's what makes, like, the um, relationship of the Ringling Museum to the community kind of interesting because it was not founded with that sort of thing in mind at all. It was, Right. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, it's, it feels like when... Uh, the museum grows so much and the city around it grows so much mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's important to reconsider, you know, what mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. your... Yep. What your role is and what you can do for the community or what maybe responsibilities you that, know, you that you have. you have to for your community. Yeah. And it's yeah. instead of, like, pouring <laughs> millions of dollars into restoring you a colonial house... house. Like remodeling a house that nobody's living in, Re- or like that you can't even touch, and or you know what, you like know how a furniture I saw there. I was like, oh, I want to sit on that. And meanwhile, constructing a piano for a, a million dollars. Yeah, like, meanwhile, half the city's historic buildings are being torn down and replaced with condos. So. Really? Oh yeah, sir. Yeah, it's over the last ten Wait, years. It, to, it changes. Thought, a, there's there are some that are protected. I'm definitely. Not say, are they not protected? But not all of them. There's, really? There's change in even like right right downtown, but also in like in certain neighborhoods. In my neighborhood, especially, it's like a lot of the older houses torn down. They're putting in weird like those weird like white block two-story houses a square big square houses oh yeah yeah they're putting Mm -hmm. they're tearing down a bunch of Mm -hmm. historic buildings that make the city sort of feel like it feels and you I don't know none of that stuff is being cared for and that's really unfortunate because probably those historical houses like because I I feel it takes a lot to you know be pre there's like a law that you can for our listeners that don't know, there's a law that historical houses um, are protected under, therefore they cannot be torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a minute to get through that process, right? Or even it's not like houses that would necessarily, or buildings that would necessarily fit the criteria for protection. I don't know exactly what. Right. But you, but there, yeah, there's a certain criteria. There's just sort of houses uh-huh. in neighborhoods and buildings that sort of have made the made the cut place can't be feel touched. like it yeah made the wow, place feel like it is good, and, uh, good for you that was a bar <laughs> made the cut it can't be touched that was really good <laughs> that was really good good job Fran that I should really be a good. poet <laughs> you did take a poetry class yeah I did yeah maybe good. I'll maybe I'll switch halfway through my masters yeah just guys I'm done <laughs> right switch halfway through your masters um so Connor where where do you see yourself, um, like, after your master's? I know that's, like... In the future. I didn't, a, I didn't know this was, like, a job interview. I'm so- <laughs> Showing out my resume. Well, we, well, you know, I feel like our listeners just want to know because I think the perception of, like, especially the art history field, people think, like... It's one-dimensional. Like, yeah, you can yeah. only be a, profe- like, a professor at a university. Or a curator. Or yeah. a curator. That's it. I don't know. It's hard to say because it is, like you said, it's more open-ended than it might seem like. It, I, I like the stuff that I'm doing in Carabelle a lot right now. I, yeah. I don't know. It would be, I would like to do something like that, you know, where it's, you're sort of, I only have two coworkers. They're uh-huh. my two bosses. Uh, one's a curator, one's a director. 
like these two older women and uh, they're awesome but I would like to do something like that really where you have more of a direct interface with you know the objects and the people that you're Uh dealing with and you Mm -hmm. are serving a really particular purpose Mm -hmm. with what you're doing Mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily be in some really big institution and I think that's really like the I don't know. I think that's the going thing for our whole cohort. Like, yeah. Right. I don't think anybody I talk to is like, I want to work at the Met. I don't think anybody yeah. said yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's um, really hard to make a difference. Yes. Like, in like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's hard to institute. You know. Or yes. Like it's hard to. There's a I lot. Guess, implement of, the things that you want to do. There's a lot of know? red tape on top of red tape yeah. on top of like yellow tape that you gotta go through to get something done through there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think that's all. Yeah, that no, we well, have. uh, one last thing, um, for our listeners, we kind of leave off with this one question. Um, mm-hmm. what Sorry advice, what advice would you give to, um, you know, somebody that's starting out in this, uh, field or is interested in museum work? Like, what would you, what advice would you give to that person? Um, try to find something that, matters to you and that you feel like matters there's there are things out there that are exciting that make an impact you don't have to uh, necessarily follow the a track that looks perfectly laid out I don't know right there's, know, flu- not, there's not wording that that the best you but say, you saying it's a little bit more fluid than people think there's more roads. More yeah, roads. there's more yeah. paths to go on. There you go. There's but, room yeah. for there's room for you to find things mm-hmm. that you or that you think are important and to pursue that. You know, yeah. and, and to, to do that. Have you thought about getting your PhD? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same. I'm uh, I'm on the same way. Same, yeah. same, same. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Probably maybe not. That. Maybe I'll do that later. I'm out of school. You need a break. Did you go straight from your undergrad to your grad? Yeah, yeah, we all, too. yeah, we all yeah. did. Yeah, it's I'm only 22. I've been in school for like the last 17 years. Ah, uh, me too. I'm also 22. Yeah. Oh, that rhymed, guys. I'm on a roll today. Oh God, I'm about to turn 25. Oh wow. Jesus. Yeah, my birthday's in 12 days. Wow. <laughs> Happy early birthday. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and then um. How is because I know you're in the process of being interviewed for um what what was that again? Oh yeah, well I did get interviewed already. I'm just yes. waiting to hear back. It's right. a finger. I don't want to not yes. Knock on wood. Oh guys, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 listeners. It's sorry. okay. <laughs> Broke your eardrums. We, we were a, knocking on wood for Connor. Put yes. a content warning. <laughs> content warning. <laughs> well, I interviewed for a a position for the the summer and a little bit beyond with the National Park Service and the South Florida Collections Management Center be a lot of like in Everglades National Park doing like archaeological collections management so that's awesome I really I really am hoping that works out it will it will I hope so because I love Miami too I love South Florida I love I love everything about South Florida yeah well we wish you all the luck on that and um you're a great writer anyway, so oh, I feel thanks. like, yeah. Connor, Connor, has, Connor has, like, great writing. Um, thanks. So, um, 
Thank you so much, Connor, for being our first male guest on the podcast. Um, just, did you have fun? Yeah, I love. I'm breaking the glass ceiling. You oh, look at that. We're just yes. We're all about breaking the glass. You're breaking ceiling. breaking down barriers. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope, hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed your visit. visit. And if you didn't, well, maybe next time. <laughs>